Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. going on everybody welcome back for another week of the reel down uh got my dog here behind me just chilling watching the scenery <laughs> just gonna sit there all day but uh it's your co-host uh garrett johnson uh, jimmy is running a little bit behind he may hop in here in a little bit uh hopefully he comes and joins us but if not we got um the winners from this past week on the Dale Hollow Open for the Paddle and Fin Open uh, should be a good one. They smashed them this weekend. We had some big small mouth and some big large mouth caught. Uh, so without further ado, I'll just go ahead and start bringing these guys on. First, we got Todd coming in. Uh, Todd, what would you finish? Was it second or I think you and uh, Charles tied, right, for second and third? Yes, we tied, and I had one fish that was a quarter inch longer. Wow. Big fish tiebreaker. So, yeah, I come in second. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Well, congrats. Congrats. Yes, thank uh, you. Glad to have you on. Uh, yes. So tell me a little bit, little bit about yourself. So what? where, where are you from and all that, and how, how long have you been fishing for? Um, I'm from the Kentucky area, um, but right. Currently, I live over here by Bowling Green, Smith Grove, and uh, yeah. <clears throat> I moved here for one. Um, I uh, 
so yeah, I work and work a weird schedule, so I get to fish every other weekend, sometimes during the week. And awesome. I've been fishing my whole life. Um, say my whole life from high school on. I was fishing bass tournaments, but it was out of a boat. And then um, I fished PFLs out of a boat, and mm. uh, I got interested in the kayak thing and bought me a a Hobie PA fourteen and fished that a couple years and then I bought a pursuit and put it on it and I hadn't taken my boat out for three years so I went wow. ahead and sold it and uh, uh now so how, I have, how long have you been kayak bought, fishing and, like tournament fishing uh, somewhere I tried to figure that out the other day somewhere between five and seven years I think wow. my best guess hmm. five and seven years that's a good run but yeah i really love kayak what was that so yeah that's a good run five seven years so that's a a lot of experience i guess for most of the kayak industry that's not been around much longer than that i think it was going it was big it was starting to get big too before they're doing some big tournaments and then I I started getting interested in it, but then it's just growing. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, nonstop. Well, uh, I'm going to bring in our next guest here. So we also have uh, this is going to be our winner from the event. Uh, well, actually, we'll bring in Charles. He, he he's the one you tied with, as we already mentioned him. Uh, so Charles Charles, how's it going? Hey, what's up? Oh, nothing much. Uh, so tell me a little bit, little bit about yourself. Like where, where you're from? I've seen you something about you're the the fishing Hawaiian, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm originally from Kahului, Hawaii. Awesome. And yeah, and I moved to Nashville a few years ago. And um, what, yeah, what brought you out this way? Music. <laughs> I've nice. uh, yeah, I do music production and songwriting. That's what like my vocation is and man i came out here and i had a brother-in-law who you know lives out in california and he found out that you know my wife and i moved out here he's like bro tennessee and alabama that's like they create like bass fishermen out there (laughs) and i was this was like three years ago 2020 and i'm like bass fishermen what's that (laughs) <laughs> like just straight up like and he's like yeah man you need to look into it so i started looking into it mm. and yeah august 2020 i caught my first largemouth bass no way yeah bro so it's kind of embarrassing to say that but i'm just gonna <laughs> be straight up like hey i mean you took a bunch of people's money this weekend so <laughs> no, nobody's judging you now no nah, but i've been Ever since then, and I caught it, well, funny thing, I caught it out of this little lake not too far from Nashville called Marabone Lake. Yeah. Yeah, have I you know heard what you're about? talking about. Yeah, it's just this little lake, and um, the first fish, it was like a four-and-a-half-pounder, <laughs> and it just blew me away, and I, I caught it on the, the, the stupidest freaking bait you've ever seen, <laughs> but it hooked me, and ever yeah, since. Yeah, that's a that's a solid fish to start your – like your very career first with <laughs> exactly so ever since then i've just been grinding 
and just fishing three to four times a week. Um, yeah. Just really grinding. Got my first kayak uh, two years ago as a Pelican. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I bought it on a Thursday. No, I bought it on a Monday. And then our club down here, we had a, a little tournament at Percy Priest. And I put my Pelican in the water and I was like, this is awesome. So, was it uh, was it Cumberland Kayak Trail or the KBFTN that you're fishing with? KBFTN. Yeah. Yeah. And completely sucked it up. There was this guy on there named Russ. Club to fish with. Yeah, there's this guy named Russ and some other dudes, and they had like 56 inches or some or close to 60, you know, for their best three fish. Yeah. And I was like stoked because I had 36 inches for (laughs) three fish. Three 12 inches. I had three 12 inches, bro, and I was just fired up, but no. Yeah, but no, it's just been super fun, and I moved from that to a uh, old town, and so I'm doing okay now. That's awesome, man. Yeah, well, I'm glad to see you get, catch that bug and uh, taking off with it. Oh yeah, man, it's it's fun. All right. Well, without further ado, we'll introduce our winner here with uh, Mr. Robert Noel. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've known Robert for a while now. We've been fishing to get, he's been taking my money for a while. So this was no surprise to, <laughs> uh, but I think he might've been a little surprised with some of the results he had this weekend. That was insane. I I really thought day two, I thought the total would fall off. And Yeah. Well, maybe for everybody else, not, not for you. <laughs> It it probably would have because about nine o'clock I was I was melting down like I had two fish, which granted one of those was a, a very nice fish, but yeah, I only had two and I mean I was I was riding the struggle bus. I was <laughs> I was fighting off the demons just trying to, to make sure and get that solid limit just not to get out there and choke and Oh, I know I know I that know. feeling. They yeah. The small well, before we get too far down that road, uh, tell me, tell me a little about yourself and uh, like where you're from. I know I'll, where you're from and everything, but just for our listeners to get an idea. So I'm from uh, Cookville, Tennessee. Pretty much born and raised here my whole life. Um, never been very adventurous. Never moved away. Traveled all over the place. Um, yeah. Used to drive over the road all the time. Got to go fishing in several different states. You didn't um, move five thousand miles from Hawaii, like other <laughs> guests here. No, I, I've not been lucky enough to make it over to Hawaii yet. But <laughs> I hope whenever I do, I hope I take a fishing rod because I've heard stories. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, kind of the same as. Um, Todd there earlier, I mean, been fishing bass boat tournaments for for years, and I don't know, just started hearing about kayak fishing probably back in 14, 15, I guess it was, and by the time 16 come around, I finally made the move and, and got out of the bass boat scene and got into kayak fishing, and I mean, I, I still own a bass boat, and I still go bass fishing, but I don't do bass tournaments anymore out of a boat. Yeah. So. so you've been I, so I, you've been fishing with so I run 
anybody else doesn't know, I run the, the CTK club, and Robert's been fishing with us for since it started, pretty much, right? So I missed the first inaugural, like three tournaments. Yeah. And then I've been there pretty much ever since. Um, I think I had some stuff that fell out on the, the first few tournaments there. And then I finally got my schedule switched around where I could, I could make it on a consistent basis. Managed somehow to slip into state that first year and made it to Bacala state that year and <laughs> learned some very important mistakes. And is that the year, so is that the year I won't put you too much on blast, but is it the year that you put your fish backwards? Yeah, so on day one, I turned in uh, two pretty solid fish for Pickwick because it was fishing terrible at the time. And yeah. I lost like an 18 and three quarter and a 13 and three quarter. And it was just a tough tournament to get a limit in. And I luckily, I rode with some of the guys and I didn't have a choice to come home. So I was forced to go back out on day two and managed to get in there and just struggle through it and made a top 10 and was mad at myself ever since. So <laughs> <laughs> I get that. So, uh, I guess leading up to the event, did whoever wants to start first, did you guys end up practicing for this event or do you just kind of, kind of wing it? Well, I'll, I can start this while yeah. I'm having reception issues. Um, I didn't practice. I usually don't pre-fish, but I went out Tuesday before the tournament because I just got a new one limited, and I wanted to go out and uh, make sure I had everything laid out before I jumped in the tournament in it. Yeah. And I, I caught a few small ones at my first ramp and then put in at the second ramp that I was trying out. And I got a small He cut out on us. <laughs> well, uh, Charles or Robert, do you want to talk about pre-fishing? We'll start. We'll just start with you, Robert. You want you want to talk about? I know you pre-fished a little bit. So I hadn't got a fish at all this year, so I got to go out the Friday, almost two week. Well, a full week early, and. Yeah. Uh, took a boy that had never been bass fishing and we just got out there and we were just going to go beat a few banks just to try to get him on the board with a small mouth and I don't know about about two hours in I probably hung one of the top five biggest small mouth I've ever had and uh, I think it weighed like 6'1 and Dang. we Really, we only caught maybe four more smallmouth all day. Mm-hmm. We kind of got on a largemouth bite, and I, I really thought that's what the tournament was going to be. I really thought it was going to be a largemouth, kind of like a slugfest. Yeah. Um, that's kind of typically how it goes there is the, the smallmouth kind of just disappear, and everybody ends up catching largemouth. And I just, but, I really expected everybody to catch. I really thought they stack up between 80 and 90 inches. I really didn't see it going much above that. And 
got super lucky and some things fell around the next week and I went out Thursday and I took my my mom with me because she said she'd been dying to go fishing so I took her out and I don't know we just kind of running the same area kind of same pattern and I mean they just they turned on I mean I had like 96 97 inches probably four and a half hours of fishing and uh so I told thursday her, I would have been that was when we had our the new moon was on thursday so uh, i don't know if that had any kind of impact on what you were doing but uh, well and the sad thing is i'd been out twice and i still didn't know what they were really doing i kind of knew where to catch them but i didn't know i hadn't got all the pieces put together and uh, I had a pretty, a pretty confident that Saturday was going to be a good day, but I was really scared that Sunday, I was scared that cold front was just going to kill my fish because yeah. I was on a largemouth bite. And I don't know, I went out Saturday morning and it was just smallmouth after smallmouth after smallmouth. I mean, it was just, I mean, I was going to say, you, you're saying you're on your largemouth bite, but you got all pretty much most of your limit was all smallmouth, right? So day one, I had all smallmouth until I think I left the water at 12.15 is whenever I put my rod down and come in. And I caught a largemouth at 12.10 that called me up a quarter of an inch. And it kind of made me sick because I was like, I could really have that fish tomorrow because, I mean, it's 18 and a half and you only get a quarter inch boost from it. I, I was pretty down in the dumps about it. Like, I, I thought I'd really hurt my, my chances for tomorrow. So, it caused well, me to leave the water early. Yeah. It, it didn't hurt your chances. We'll just go ahead and say that. <laughs> well, see, I didn't know that. I mean, that's like I said, I didn't have all the pieces put together and I don't know. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just 2 minutes, including calorie smart, protein plus, which is the one I like, and keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's Waypoint Pod 50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new 
three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash waypoint. That's mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. It just, it's just one of those tournaments that's kind of you're fishing, and I guess things kind of get better. And yeah. usually a good pre-fishing is usually terrible. So usually good pre-fishing means you're going to go out and do awful. <laughs> and that's what I was afraid of. So. Well, it worked out pretty good for you. Uh, Charles, how did, how did your pre-fishing and stuff go? Uh, pre-fishing was uh, really crazy, to tell you the truth. I had a plan to, before I came into Dale Hollow, I really wanted to focus on Main Lake. And yeah. pre-fishing, we had that, like, I don't know how fast the wind was blowing, but it was blowing pretty good. Yeah. On some of those banks. And I went out Friday. I think we had like 25 to 30 mile an hour gusts or something like that on uh, on Thursday Friday. Friday. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think it was coming out of the Southwest, I believe, or something like that. Yeah. And I just went around, you know, this area of the main lake that I like. And yeah, as like Robert was saying, the amount of like three to four pound class smallmouth that I saw on Friday was unreal. And I've been like on visually seeing them or that you caught that I caught. Yeah. Yeah. That I wow. caught. And I've like, I've never really ever been nervous to, to throw or cast or to fish, yeah. but I was nervous on Friday. I was like, dude, I don't want to, I don't want to throw. Like I was on a good cranking bite and yeah. I was like, I don't want to throw anymore because every cast I was like a three and a half pound, four pound smallmouth was coming up. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, this is not right. <laughs> And so I fished from about one to I think it was four o'clock because line, you know, you can't pre-fish after five. Yeah. So I just it was like three hours. I just went and checked the area that I wanted to fish and it was awesome, you know, smallmouth. And then Saturday, the tournament, I start fishing, I pull up to my first spot, I catch like three good fish off the rip, and they're all largemouth like 19, 18, 19 inches. It's so like, crazy how they're yeah. like switching and out. Like one in day this, it'll be in all like in literally the, the, the same exact area. <laughs> and I was like, this is unreal. I mean, which I'm cool. I'm cool with obviously. Yeah. You know? I'm cool. It was large mouth. And um, yeah, I had a, I think I was had 88 or 89 inches and it was like not even 8 a.m. yet. Wow. Yeah, so I was super excited oh. about that. And then I made two more other calls throughout the day and got me up to like 93. But I knew Rob Robert had a really good bag, you know, day one. So yeah, I was kind of going. Robert had 97 and a quarter inches on day yeah, that's one. Yeah, that's awesome. That's freaking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and you ended up with 93 and a quarter, which is still a solid bag. Uh, yeah, especially for Dale Hall, that's a solid bag. Yeah, and then um, yeah, so day one was good. Uh, day two, I go out there and I go to the same spot that I caught those three in the morning, and I hooked three fish and I lost all three of them, and they were in that four pound class range, and I lost you know all three of them. 
So yeah, like no, when Robert was talking about like he, you know, it'll spin you out. It spun me out for a <laughs> while. And I put together a small little limit, I think around 77 inches or something like that. And I had that, you know, throughout the day. And I'm kind of bummed out, you know, my whole Sunday was just like, I'm like, well, I'm in the top 10. I got 77 inches. Yeah. Well, I go to like my very last spot and there's 10 minutes left. It's like 150. And I pull up on this like black slate rock bank and I catch an 18 incher small mouth. And I'm like, cool. Oh, I get that on the board. It's that. one, it's 152. So I just keep fishing. I make another cast the same point and I land a 20 and a half. I get the, I get the, I get the, uh, I get the fish upload on the thing and it's 155. And I'm like, all right, that should put me somewhere in the top three, somewhere in there. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of yeah, looked out. A, that's a huge fish at the end there. What's that jump you up like? Yeah, I jumped me up a few a few places. Yeah, wh- what did that call out for you? Like a it called out a twelve incher. Dang! So an yeah. eight inch coal. Yeah, that yeah, called out a twelve incher. So that, uh... I was yeah, it helped me out a little bit, bailed me out. So I'm super lucky and fortunate at the same time. You know, I think that total would have jumped that jumped you up like four spots three or four spots yeah that one fish so yeah so instead of you know instead of ending at 77 ended up with like 89 that day or 88 or something like that so pretty happy happy about that i'll i'll take that any day yeah Uh, that's all especially for only tournament fishing for three years now man that's a that's an awesome accomplishment there thanks man I know a lot of guys that have been doing it a lot longer that are still still trying to get the hang of hang of that. So definitely, definitely a cool cool thing. Uh, we'll we'll try to get Todd back in here. He's been bouncing in and out of signal. Let's see if he's uh, Todd. Are you with us still? Yeah, I'm driving to somewhat place better. I was good, but when everybody gets on, it knocks me out. Um, if you need to, you can just turn your video off, and it should it, it might work a little better. Oh, I didn't hear that. So, if you need to, you can turn your video off, and it might work a little better. I'm driving my truck loud. All right. Well, we'll bring you back on here in a little bit when you get somewhere. All right, I'm going to a better. All right. All right. Well, we'll catch back up with him in a little bit. Uh, I'll bring Robert back on here. So, Robert, we we talked about Charles's day one and day two. How, how did your? Uh, we just started to get into it a little bit, but how did your day two go? So my day two, say nine o'clock, maybe eight forty-five, somewhere in that ballpark. I finally put the third fish on the board, and it was like sixteen and a half. It was it was a solid smallmouth, but it wasn't what I was catching. Um, yeah, it kind of helped ease the nerves, and. Uh, Luckily, by, say, 9.05, I 
think it was. I caught number four. And then like 9.12 or something, 9.15, I caught number five. And I had roughly 81-ish, 80, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Because the, the second fish I caught was that 21 and a quarter largemouth. So it gave me a, a pretty solid bag, even though I had some room to cull. Yeah, that, that would have kept and, me going. <laughs> well, that one I seen on Saturday, and I wouldn't throw at it because I had a 21-incher already, and I'm like, if you want a chance to win big fish again, you can't hook that fish on the same day. Yeah. So I kind of I got super lucky whenever I stopped fishing early on Saturday. Um, I got the impression that some of them were on bed. So I went looking and being in that list of paddling, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good little task to try to cover miles of bank to find bed fish. So, yeah. so I took it upon myself to cover probably two miles going back toward the ramp just to, just to be very thorough. And the second to last pocket I pulled up in, there was three largemouth in it and one of them was that big fish. And just hoping that the, well, one of them was the 18 and a half. And I made a cast just to see how it was going to react because I wanted to know if it was locked on bed or not. And as soon as I cast it in there, it picked up my bait and bolted. And I could not, (laughs) not set a hook. Like it was so reaction. Yeah. I mean, sometimes even if you're just trying to pull it out of their mouth, it'll just like set, set into them. Well, I mean, fishing for so long when the line's moving, I mean, it's just reaction to set the hook, so. Mus- muscle memory take over and you just yank on them. Yeah, I set the hook and my head immediately dropped and I'm like, oh no, why did you do that? <laughs> but uh, Oh yeah, so so if anybody doesn't know, Robert's fishing out of Aliska that he's paddling. He gave up a, he used to have a 14 360 and he gave it up. To go back I sold, to on, I sold on Sunday before the tournament on Saturday. <laughs> so, and, and then you don't, I mean, do you I, have a graph on that, Liska? I don't think you did. No, I, I don't, I've never had a graph on that yeah, one. That's what I thought. Don't use so, a graph paddling on Liska, and you, you usually only are bringing like two or three rods with you and like one tackle box. So on Saturday, I was on a multi, multiple bite. Every, everybody swears that I throw a net rig. And I, I mean, I tap, I tip my hat to them. That's normally my bait. Yeah. But knowing that it that or, uh, Yeah, that, that or like a spinner bait or something. Typically right. out here from, or that or yeah, like a brush morning And I picked up my spinner bait. And <laughs> on Saturday, I lost five before seven. I lost five in a row. But it was I was so calm because I had been catching so many that I was able to keep myself calm and just keep casting. Because yes. to me, the spinnerbait bite in April on a cloudy little bit of wind and rain is perfect. And that's what we had had overnight Saturday. And I mean, I could have I went out Saturday with one rod. I mean, I would have been quite happy with one rod um 
I always try to take a couple for backup just in case. But I think I had a jig tied on that morning, which turned out pretty nice for me on Saturday. And I always have a net tied on, but I did not pick that rod up Saturday until after 11 o'clock. And I was just fighting it. I was, I was literally saying, okay, everybody <laughs> says I'm throwing this bait. I'm going to beat them on something else. Yeah. And did I did make two of them throw it? Saturday. Yeah. But that's whenever I really figured out they were locked on bed. I did pick up the net and and pitched in a couple beds and and I think I had like a nineteen inch smallie and maybe a nineteen and three quarter inch smallie. I mean, I was being very selective on what I was fishing. So were you and then, bed fishing those smallies? So on Saturday, no, but. I knew where they were laying, but I, I had an idea they were on bed, but I couldn't see them. Yeah, um, so most I think of the it's that time they're like, it yeah, and most just, of the time they'll they'll bed deeper than largemouth, just like just out of sight, basically. But so on Del Hollow, normally six eight feet is is not out of visible range. Yeah, but for whatever reason, on Saturday that was just out of my visibility. Um, but then on Sunday, so I was talking about that my fish were real late to fire on Sunday. Mm-hmm. About 1030, I pull up on a point and it's just a pea gravel round, not anything I had been fishing. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to throw up here on this pea gravel. I think I know what depth they should be in. I think they're on bed. This is, looks perfect. And I threw up there and caught a 19 and three quarter smallmouth off that point. And I think it cold me up to like 91 and a half. And I said, there's no way I'm going to cold this limit unless I go sight fishing. So I went to look for a place that was out of the wind, tucked away, nothing that I had looked at before and went down one stretch of bank and there was like five smallmouth on this one stretch on bed. And it was the area that I'd been throwing at, but I didn't know for sure they were on bed. I couldn't see them. And I skipped over one because I thought it was fairly small. And I threw up on the second one because I could tell she, she was a really good fish. And she'd come up and spit my, my Ned rig out, back out at me. <laughs> and I had to sit down and I called Roy one of the guys we fish with and i said just calm yeah. me down i said i said i'm melting down i said i just lost the fish that guarantees me a win and yeah. he's like man you got this just calm down and, and i actually hooked one while i was on the phone with him just down from where i had thrown and it was like 19 and a quarter and i said i think i just caught the same fish i said i gotta go and i hung up on him <laughs> and I got that one in, got it on the board, sent him a picture. And he said, congratulations, you've got this wrapped up. I, I think it gave me like 93 and a half. And, uh, well, you were far from done then. Well, I, I immediately got up, stood back up, and I, I start paddling down this bank. And the very next rock cut, there lays another one. And I threw up on it. It was 19 and three quarter. Got, I got it in the boat, put it on the board, and make another 
pretty healthy call. We're talking probably 16 and three quarter up to a 19 and three quarter, like three inches. Yeah. And uh, I'm sitting there just shaking because, I mean, at this point, I'm like, okay, there, there's one fish you just lost that definitely helps the cause. And I kept telling myself, I was like, she'll bite again. She'll go right back up on that bed. So I finished up with that 19 and three quarter, made me a U-turn, went straight back over to that rock cut, and I ease up there and I can see her back on bed. Pitch my net up so in there and she won't even she in. won't even look at it. Like she's she knows what the game plan is. <laughs> she done figured you out. So I sit there for probably twenty minutes. Uh, I didn't make I didn't make a cast for ten minutes. I just backed off and, and watched her. And yeah. just completely just sat there in the boat and watched her. I didn't fish at all. And I done made my mind up. I was like, if I can catch this fish, I'm done. Because it's like 11.35, 11.40, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. And uh, I throw back up in there, and she didn't swim off. She, she, she spun around and stared the bait down. And I'm like, okay, she's catchable at this point. And... I make a third pitch up in there, kind of rubbed her on the side. And as soon as that Ned rubbed her on the side, she just inhaled it and set the hook. And awesome. luckily the second time she did not fight near as hard as the first time. Um, she you pulled enough drag that I had to lay the net down and, and reel her back up because she got out of my net range. And it was a, it was a catastrophe trying to net her, but yeah. <laughs> finally she got in the net. And I think I yelled as loud as I've ever yelled before. And I'm sure every kayaker within half a mile heard me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she was 21 and a half. She was my big bass for the whole tournament. That's insane. And, I'm going to throw the picture up on here. I did not realize she was that big. Um, whenever I put her on the board, I mean, I was... I was over the moon because then I start thinking, did you really crack a hundred? And whenever I done the math, I, I was very, very surprised. Yeah. So you ended up with a hundred and a quarter inches on that day. which is just absolutely insane. Yeah. And I don't know if it does it show the timestamp on that fish. Uh, I can't see that on from I this side. Uh, yeah, geez, a hundred and quarter inches on on Delhaw. I I was thinking about it the other day. That might be one of the biggest single day uh, totals from Del Hollow that I've ever seen. And that's what I was thinking too. I, I whenever I broke ninety seven, I mean, I thought that was amazing because that was one of the highest totals. I had ever heard from that lake. Yeah. I mean, even with, uh, even with the bass nation and stuff going up there, I mean, I know it's a different time of the year, but still, I mean, 92, 93 inches is an amazing limit on that lake. Yeah. That's usually like a top five finish. Oh, I mean, or I mean, hands down in. with 92, 93 inches. I mean, 
I don't know that I've ever seen 97 posted, honestly, but yeah, I mean, I, I was, I think I remember one maybe that was 98 or so. It's, uh seemed like one of those Bass Nation ones that we had, but I don't know that I've ever seen a hundred inches broken out there. I've always thought it's it was possible, but it, it was like the stars would have to align to make it. And and see that was me. I I thought it was possible, but whenever I had ninety one and a half, I knew if I kept doing what I was doing and I wasn't sight fishing, I did not see myself culling very much. But yeah. then my next three coals were all, I mean, I don't know this for sure. I guess somebody could tell you better than I can, but I think they were like three inch coals a piece. Like each coal was like three inches each time. And that just, <laughs> I did not think that that was possible. I mean, I was excited with 91 and a half on day two. Very excited. Yeah. I mean, I think that still would have won it for you. I and, far, and yeah. I do, and I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to run up a total. Like I wasn't out there. I mean, you just, granted, yeah, you I'm, just had I'm to gonna cram everybody in the dirt. Just... Yeah, I mean, because whenever, like I said, whenever I caught that last big one, I mean, my my whole day was done. Like I literally put my rods down, made a few phone calls, and just started easing back toward the ramp. And it was like maybe twelve. 15 maybe i mean wow. and i i done said in my mind i said if somebody beats me now they they deserve it more than i do <laughs> yeah. and i mean that was that yeah, was no my doubt. thinking because they were gonna they were gonna win big bass beyond a shadow of a doubt if they beat that if they beat my two-day total and i was okay with that i mean i i mean i was fine i mean it did not cross my mind one time if somebody beat me i was not gonna be upset so I had I broke a hundred. I was over the moon. I mean, been fishing for years and years, and that was it. Yeah. So that's another thing that I was that uh that I guess could have kept you going trying to catch a big one was like that that big bass pot for each day. Um, so Roy no, jinxed like, me. Yeah. Roy jinxed me early that morning because. I guess I boasted a little bit because I knew Roy wasn't there, so I wasn't trying to rub it in, but he had some car issues with a tire, and he wasn't there. And yeah. I told him, I said, I'll text you tomorrow morning if I catch a big one. Well, I caught one at like 607, 608, whenever I caught that 21-incher, yeah. 21 and a quarter. And uh, I waited till almost 7 because I thought, well, he might sleep in. See, now he's not here, so I texted him. Yeah, sleep in. He immediately calls me and he goes, man, he said, you're okay now until somebody catches that 21 and a half smallie and beats you. And so whenever yeah, it's gonna I, be me. I, yeah, whenever I landed that one later in the day, I said, man, I said, somebody just caught a 21 and a half inch smallmouth. I said, can you believe that? And he's like, who did it? I said, I said, well, I did. <laughs> I mean... And he started dying laughing. I told him, I said, you jinxed me Great. this morning. I said, sure as the yeah. world. <laughs> That's but awesome. that like, that like I seen pre-fishing on that Friday a week early. I seen, and this was just a guess in my mind, but I guessed it to be 24, 24 and a half largemouth. Not locked on a bed, but swimming. 
And that's what kept me fighting all week, thinking that my fish were not big enough because I had already seen one that would have dwarfed anything that I caught. So yeah, they're, they're in there. I mean, you hear about it every now and then. You hear about like nine and ten pounders getting caught out of there. Um, they're not common, lake, but it happens. I think I've been fishing that lake pretty steady since 97 or 98. So several, several years. But I personally have had probably five fish that were in the seven to eight pound range that would easily have beaten that. I mean, and I knew I knew the conditions were right for a big fish. So that's what also had me nervous. So, which granted that springtime bite sets up good for me. That's why I normally don't I don't fish the fall time stuff on that lake because it does not set well for me. Yeah, and uh, it's a struggle. It's a grind for everybody on that on that spring on that fall stuff. So um, I mean, I'm out there catching them, and I'm expecting everybody else to be posting the same big numbers, just because I feel like if they bite for me, they're going to bite the same for everybody. And well, they I mean they were biting for just about everybody. Um, no, I just feel like most people weren't really on that same quality, I guess, that you that you had. But it, from the sound of it, from everybody else, everybody else was catching a lot of fish. Um, I mean, we had, so they had 44 anglers total with 361 fish submitted. Uh, what's that come out to? Eight fish a, a piece. And like, I didn't get the fish the second day, so you guys made up most of that total for some of those people that couldn't couldn't do that it's always a good tournament i hope other people had the same deal but i don't know how many fish i turned in i mean i do not know how many times i turned in for calls um let me see it kind of shows it so it's this you called eight times on the first day and six times the second day. So you pulled two limits, basically, both days. And I probably, on my phone, I probably have 75 or 80 pitchers. Wow. So there was a lot of fish that I took pictures of that didn't get turned in. So, I mean, I feel like the number that it shows of what was caught, I feel like really don't reflect what was actually caught. Because, I mean, Very well I will have been. to dump. I will have to dump a lot of pictures because, I mean, I I have just bukus of pictures from those two days, and it. I mean, that does not normally happen. I mean, normally if you're if you're on a bed fishing, at least in my opinion, you're catching maybe six, eight, nine fish a day. I mean, you're not catching. 30 and 40 yeah. and on Saturday I guess I had I guess I would easily have 35 I mean it was there was a point between there was a point between 6 and 8 o'clock that it was probably every other cast I mean it was it was it was almost exhausting at one point like it's a great it's a great feeling I mean I'm not yeah. trying to, to put that off, but it was... Oh, I'm just exhausted from catching all these big smallmouth. 
<laughs> well, and I mean, it's very nerve-wracking because the way they fight right now is crazy. So, I mean, it doesn't reflect. So on Saturday, I lost two that I think would have helped me. That's the sad part. I think I literally lost two smallmouth that would have helped my total at the end of the day. Um, I don't know that I caught the the monster that I caught a week early pre-fishing, yeah. but I lost the fish in that same area that I couldn't even turn it. Like I set the hook and I mean, I've got it on 20 pound test with a jig and I couldn't turn it. I mean, it, it literally, it fought like a large mouth and it dug for deep water, mm. but it very well was more likely a small mouth for what I was catching. And I've had a couple pound, of small up there that hook into them with a jig and they start digging and it just like yeah. I've had I had one that I got in the net that had bent my jig hook all the way out. <laughs> and I mean that was me Saturday. I mean it's nerve wracking when they're fighting like that. And I mean it's you you might get a ten minute break and you've got another one that's trying to go crazy trying to get it in the net. And all, at this time all these fish help. I mean you're still fighting for a total, and, yeah. and it's just, it's it's nonstop. I mean, your brain does not get a chance to shut down. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm going to try to see if uh, Todd's back in here and see how his day one and day two went. You there, Todd? Maybe not. You still got him muted. Yeah, he, he got disconnected again. <laughs> We're just never gonna hear from Todd. And I guess so. Uh, I guess Jimmy is also not gonna make it tonight. It'd just be me for tonight. But uh, Charles, well, I'll bring you back in in here. Um, so on day two, you said you were kind of racking your brain. Like, what what were you doing that? Kind of kept you going, I guess. Yeah, um, <laughs> just trying to stay mentally tough. <laughs> tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, so, what, what overall? What did you guys think of the event and how they had it organized? And I, I thought it was awesome how it was ran and doing the big fish pots for each day. I felt like. Yeah, Give everybody a chance to kind of keep going, keep mentally motivated. Yep. I had two guys from West Virginia in my cabin. Yeah. And both of them were like, oh, yeah, we're still going to go out on Sunday. You know, I think one guy caught a limit, but the other guy, I think he skunked on Saturday. Yeah. But he was he was still juiced up. I mean, he was like, man, I can still catch a big bass, you know. Yeah. That, that's a pretty healthy big boss prize and you know for any tournament that's amazing yeah for sure i mean that's more than first place in most tournaments like around the country so. yeah yeah that's, that's insane, so, but robert so had a sweep in the table yeah. <laughs> i i have fished bass boat tournaments for well over 10 or 15 years yeah. um i have fished a couple that had huge prizes but never had a single tournament that paid more than like 2400 for me and my partner to split so right. for what yeah. went down this weekend i mean 
that will never leave my memory. I mean, because even just winning the big bass put it in the top two of either being in a bass boat or a kayak for me. For sure. And I mean, to be able at to the end of the day, you took home almost six grand for two big so, fish trophies <laughs> and, and first place. So that's <laughs> kind, of a little, that's kind of a little Leska. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Probably like, was like. put a motor on that thing now because it paid for it. And I'm like, that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah. But. Now, now you can take your trip to uh, Hawaii and go <laughs> take the wife out there. <laughs> hey, let's go, bro. <laughs> Even as good as weekend as it is, I don't know if that still affords Hawaii or not. <laughs> it makes a big dent, but yeah, that's that's yeah. awesome, man. I mean, so I guess I never really went over these totals, but so you had 197 and a half inches for your two day total. I mean, that would have won a lot that, of tournaments like around the country. I want to say so, that that would have beat like a lot of the Florida fisheries and stuff like that. This, and that's kind of what I was comparing it to is I, I think Texas and California, I think they stand to beat that total. Yeah. But I mean, even in, I would take 197 and a half in Florida. I mean, even even when Florida's on fire, I mean, yeah. Not to mention that like eight out of your ten fish were all smallmouth. Yeah, eight out of ten, and you still had almost two hundred inches. Like, so shocking thing was to me is my pre-fishing was largemouth, and I want to say with all those pictures I took. I think there's only five largemouth on all of my pictures. Hmm. And I did manage to catch a Kentucky on Sunday that would have been legal. It was like 12 and a quarter, but it did give me the trifecta, um, <laughs> which amazed me because that's the first Kentucky I've seen on Del Hollow in years. I think I did have one last year when it was so tough. I caught a tarp one out there a few years back. In one of the areas that I usually fish with you, and it was an 18 and a half inch spot. Wow! There, uh, that's one of the other ones that bent one of my jig hooks out. <laughs> so just, just around the bend, come my biggest Kentucky on any water was from Del Hollow, and it weighed four, four twenty seven, I think. And it was uh, 19 and a quarter inches. But it was so fat. Healthy fish. They're, they're in there. It's just, I don't know. I think, I think as you fish for years and years on end, you tend to run through different techniques and different styles. And if you really pay close attention, you'll notice how bad it affects what you catch yeah i mean i can see that and i'm not so when did you start throwing a net rig when did i start start? (laughs) so so i will say this out of those 10 fish that were 
that were all 18 plus 18.5 yeah. i think was my smallest i would say five of those did come on the net rig my. so i mean five of those fish did not come on my favorite bait that i love to throw religiously on any lake i go to anywhere yeah. in the country even even when I go to Florida, I still throw that bait, even though Florida does not set up well for it. <laughs> and I'm still pretty successful with it. That's the sad part. I mean, I mean it. It's a tried and true. I mean, when you want well, obviously you want a lot of money on it. So, <laughs> if if you want to catch numbers, if, if that's just flat the gold, catch numbers. There, I do not know depending on the conditions, a better way to catch a great amount. You don't know what size they'll be, and they're normally pretty uniform. But yeah. if they're the right size, there's no reason not to throw it. I mean, it's true. It's true. It you is, do have to it throw is. it on a sissy stick. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've won a couple of our CTK events up there in the freaking Ned Rig. That's wild. That's wild. Me and you tied big bass up there yeah. for our big bass tournament last year. I caught it on a Ned rig. I mean, what's you crazy is earlier than I did. Yeah, and I caught mine on a six-inch swim bait, and you caught yours like <laughs> a cove over from me on a little Ned rig. I heard, I heard you and seen you catch yours, and then turn around and caught mine. I mean. Yeah. That's hilarious, man. So do you guys feel like this was definitely like a spawning style event? Like I know I saw a lot of a lot of fish that were on beds um when I got to fish, but didn't really realize it until it was way too late and I couldn't and the wind was blowing the wrong way. Couldn't figure it out, but were you guys targeting so on Saturday, I, I didn't realize what I was catching was bedfish until I got ready to leave. And whenever I went looking, that's whenever I put that piece of the puzzle. I just thought the smallmouth were in the rock cuts. That's what I thought. Yeah. And they were, but that's where they were bedding at. And whenever I figured that out on Saturday... It's probably the only way I kept it together on Sunday because it gave me another level of confidence that the higher the sun got, and as long as the wind stayed fairly calm, if I had two hours, I had a chance of putting a solid limit in the boat. And I mean, I just, I relied back on what I'd learned over years and years of fishing. So that that really gave me that, that next level to, to keep it cool and and keep plugging along. I mean, it it helped a bunch. Yeah, I get I get that. That's, that's always a good thing to have in your pocket whenever you see that happening. Like, you fall back on it, but not making it your main go-to is hard to do. But if you need a coal or something, that's a good thing to fall back on. Yeah, I'm taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> I've been taking notes this whole time, bro. So, <laughs> well, you don't need me taking notes. I mean, you, you cast a good, a solid check for yourself. 
No, it was good. I I caught fish and pretty much they were in all three stages. Yeah. There was some post spawners and then, you know, like Robert's saying, I, I there was a couple of fish that I caught off bed. A couple largemouth that I caught off bed and then yeah. caught a couple pre spawn uh, fish off points. And those kind of helped, but yeah. I'm still like super new to sight or not sight fishing, but fishing for fish off bed. Yeah. So that's kind of a new thing in, you know, for my mind, but it's cool to see that that actually can be a deal on Dale hollow at certain times. It, it can for sure. I think Dale hollow is where I kind of learned how to sight fish and learned to, how to look for it. And, and ultimately I kind of feel like it's, you're playing a chess match with the fish and, them, you got to make the right moves to get them to sure. uh, You're right to get it to happen. Half the battle sometimes though is just getting in position or an area to be able to actually see them. Like, right, you can kind of blind fish for them and hope that you get. It's a lot better if you can actually see them, see how they're reacting, and whether or not they're like locked onto the spot. What the spot is. And then with a paddle in one hand and a rod in the other. <laughs> you're, you're talking about like no graph. Um, I didn't have a graph for like both days because I forgot my charger at home. And so <laughs> I'm like two hours into day one and my graph just turns off. And I'm like, oh well, I know oh, what well. I'm pushing anyway. So. It ended up working out anyways. <laughs> it it kind of ruined my plan. I I was planning on trying to live scope some like brush piles that I knew about and try to catch a catch a big smallmouth because I mm -hmm. knew I was only going to be able to fish one day. Um, okay. But I got to the ramp and realized I left my batteries at the house. So. <laughs> Sounds about I right. I was like, oh well, that that plans. <laughs> Done, gone. Uh, but it's awesome, near that both of you guys aren't fishing with grass, basically, and cash and checks. No, you, bro. If I showed you guys what, what I had on my kayak, you'd probably laugh. <laughs> I have, I got the hummingbird, uh, hummingbird piranha, and oh, it's the piranha, the piranha, and it's always, you know, just gives you depth and temperature. Yeah. So you can barely see any fish on there, so I turned the fish ID on so you can see the little fishies. <laughs> hey, man, whatever gets the job done. So, Sounds like it works. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably upgrade real soon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Let's see if Todd's on here. Todd, we got you now? Yeah, I think so. See how long I can stay on. I don't have anything to compete with y'all's stories. <laughs> I could hear y'all's stories. Well, tell us a little bit how your day one and day two went. We we haven't got to hear from you yet. All right, day one, I launched uh launched first thing. The first thirty minutes, I had a small limit, um, yeah. and then I called up one, called up one with a, um, I think it was a eighteen and a half inch smallmouth. And then I left and went to their bank. All these boats come in there on me. They was all over, everywhere. And then I guess they had a tournament going out Saturday. I went out to another point and uh, went down that bank. And I 
had another limit. Um, they were all bigger except for the one. And then I um, fished around a little bit more. I cut across to the deeper part, deeper wall. And then I seen another kayak. So I didn't realize that he was in the pocket with me. He would put it in the back and I put it in the front. And then uh, I was talking to him. Are you guys like or, working towards each other all day or fishing behind each no. other? No. No, we didn't. I didn't even see him. I was on the mouth. I was out towards the main lake and he was in the back. And so we come around. I, was, <clears throat> I don't like to share any information. So I'm sorry. He's going to find out <laughs> I lied right now. <laughs> he said, he said, how you doing? Oh, I got a few. <laughs> but then I uh, caught, I caught a big 19 and three quarter, and he watched me catch it, so I was no longer able to hide it anymore. Yeah, it's and, hard to uh, hide it when you're smashing him right in front of him. <laughs> he, w- he went around me. He went around me and started going down the bank, and then uh, I lost another solid fish. And so I started heading back into the pocket, and... Uh, I caught two more that I called up, and then, yeah, two more on a flat back there that I called up with, and I come back around, and I caught another one spawning off a tree, and at that time, I said, I got to go, because tomorrow's going to be worse, and I'm not really, I'm getting quarter-inch upgrades, and I'm going to jump out, so uh, <laughs> I took off the water early. I, I couldn't submit nothing because of the no reception, Yeah. so I had no clue. What I had around I, most of that lake is I had no clue. Not, not, not good reception. Yeah, I got up to the top of the hill and I had to go through my pictures and write everything down which ones I submit and which ones I wasn't. <laughs> and then I got to the meeting and um, that's when I found out I was in fifth place. <clears throat> and I was uh, a day. sitting there. What? It's a pretty solid day. I mean, you had yeah, yeah, I had fun. I was, catch- I was catching a lot of fish. I think I had 15, 15 fish on my camera or photos. I had fifteen fish worth of it. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't taking pictures of the small ones that I knew that it wasn't gonna. Yeah. And then uh, <clears throat> day two, I knew it was gonna be different. I started out. In the same spot, and got four, and uh, got it was slow too. They weren't biting like they was, and I'm like, all right, let me go check other thing. Or so I went to go to my bank that I caught all the other ones on. I went across a point uh, I fished at, and I caught an eighteen and a half smallmouth. Went on to the next bank, and I didn't catch a fish off there. Went all the way back pocket, I didn't have anything. So now I'm just hold five fish. I'm not culling anything. Went back to the back, check pocket, nothing. And I come back out, started fishing some points. And at one, so from the clock on, I didn't have a fish until I think 103, 105. And I hooked a 20 and three quarter. And uh, so it gave me one hole. And I was like, oh man, maybe I got to try a big fish. Till I got up to the meeting, talked to Robert. You got one over 21? I got two. And I'm like, well, that leaves me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he put on a, he put a showing on. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, he had to show everybody what's up. 
this weekend, but um, I mean, you guys still had some solid finishes. Uh, like I think we were comparing it to because there was the Tennessee Bass Nation on Cherokee this past weekend. Um, yeah, we were comparing it to our this event. Um, the winner of that event would have finished ninth at Dale Hollow. Yeah. Uh, he had an yeah. 89 and a half inches or so, and ninth place was 89 inches at, at this event. Um, so, I mean, it there was a lot of good fish caught. Um, a lot of 20, eight, 20, 18 to 20-inch 20 fish. There are tons of them all the way down the board, um, which is kind of typical for the hollow in late, later April period, I feel like. It usually fishes really well. Um, yeah, I love Dale Hollow. Yeah, it's a fun place. <laughs> well, it can be fun. <clears throat> Sometimes it'll humble you. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to start kind of wrapping up here, uh, coming to the end of the show. Uh, Todd, you got anybody you want to thank for this weekend? You got any sponsors or anything or family? No, I don't have any sponsors or anything. I just want to thank my family and friends, though. They put up with a lot. I'm gone a lot with the fishing. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, how about you, uh, Charles? Uh, only sponsor I got is my wife at the moment. So yeah. <laughs> That's a good sponsor to have. So shout out to her for, you know, putting up with me and fishing and, you know, chasing fish and, you know, really putting in some time in that and you know she's she's been super supportive yeah that's awesome you know she's been supportive and uh, i have one friend that i want to give a shout out to kenny um two years ago you know me and him linked up and he probably takes me fishing in his boat once a week and uh that's been kind of that's been a special thing for me and he he's you know born and raised here in I think yep. Manchester, Tennessee, or somewhere down there. Yeah. And uh, oh, he's kind of helped show you the ropes on how to. Yeah, how to he was a fisheries and. Yeah, he was a tournament angler back in California. Yeah. And did that for a long time, and uh, I remember the first time I got in the boat with him, he was like, "Bro, you need some help." <laughs> <laughs> and so hey, I, we, we all got to start somewhere, you know. Right, and so I, I picked up a few things and, um he's watched me grow and, you know, do good. And it's been, it's nice to have somebody who kind of pushes you into that, you know, yeah, in your life. And I think that's important. So shout out to my friend, Kenny. Yeah. That's awesome. You're going to be the next, uh, Maddie Wong. Do you know who that is? Oh dude, I do. I saw him yeah. at the Bassmaster classic. Yeah. And he, I got a picture with him and he was like, you're from Hawaii. I said, yeah, bro. And he, he was like tripping out. Yeah. That's awesome. If anybody doesn't know, that's Matty Wong. He's an elite series angler. That is this is this his rookie year or is his second year? I think it's his sophomore year. Yeah, I think it's his second year. Uh, yeah, fishing on the elite trail, and that's mm -hmm. pretty awesome for him to <clears throat> make that transition. Oh yeah. Um, how about you, Robert? You got anybody you want to thank? The fish for biting. I want to say thanks to all the people that helped sponsor this tournament. I mean, I mean, I fished it last year, and I mean, I was lucky last year. 
year. I managed two big fish last year also and managed yeah. to get big bass last year. Yeah. And I mean, you were talking about it when you heard about the big fish pot for this year. Like, well, that would have been nice last year. <laughs> you had yeah, big so, fish day so, one and two last, last year. year man. <laughs> and I mean, I even posted on the the uh, paddlefin website. I said, I said, I really appreciate what all y'all do. I said, but it would have been nice for this last, last year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, so lo and behold, fun. you went and ended up taking home one and two again this year. I mean, last year was just one of those things. I mean, the lake had been beat up from top to bottom by cliff for the series. I mean, well, last year we fished yeah, it the same time as the Toyota series, so there was a lot, a lot of pressure, yeah. and it was still early pre-spawn. It felt like it so was it was tough. My last fish year. Saturday, my fish Saturday last year was bigger than any fish they turned in Saturday with a smaller field. I mean, that's the size fish I had last year. That even yeah. the bass boat guys didn't. So it just it just amazes me that a fishery it doesn't matter if you're in a kayak or a bass boat. If you're in the right area, you've got as much chance as they've got. I mean I mean we, we had an event three, four years ago on Center Hill where um the big weekend series was fishing, the big BFLs. And I caught one, and it was big fish for our tournament, and it was bigger than anything the BFL guys turned in that day. I mean, it it just proves that if you if you're on the right level of fish, it doesn't matter what your boat is. I mean, or if you're just Robert and you catch big fish all over the place, <laughs> you just get lucky with a Ned rig because everybody else hates it. I mean, yeah. you just happen to plop it right in front of one's the right one's face, and he. I mean, decided to take it. If I think they're on bed, I usually get pretty excited for the day because yeah, I mean I feel like I feel like that's one thing I can do and hold my own. So it just it just luckily this tournament set up what I. Uh, I think we lost you. <laughs> well, it definitely set up to to yeah. for you because smoked him. <laughs> it doesn't matter how well a tournament sets up for you; you still have to execute. I mean, just uh, just to have the peace of mind this year to be able to slow down and do that was a big confidence boost. Because looking back, I, I have struggled in some of the bigger tournaments. I mean, look back at state. I probably, I probably gave away the first state that I fished at because I made stupid mistakes. I mean, it. It happens. Hopefully, you like, learn from those stupid mistakes. Everybody goes through their ups and downs of their fishing careers, and you just got to keep powering through. And obviously, it's turned out well for some of you guys. I'm sure we'll all have some down periods, but you just got to keep going. Uh, oh, I've, I've definitely day. had mine. 
Yeah, you're taking your licks. This is paying off now. Well, I mean, what, two years ago I was leading the points in our division and you had a honey hole tournament and I caught like 40 little bitty dinks that wouldn't even measure and completely zeroed in a honey hole tournament. So you, you just, <laughs> you don't know. You don't know when the ups and downs are coming. I mean, it happens to all of us. <laughs> it happens. Uh, well, thanks guys for coming on this week. Uh, you guys all had some solid finishes. It was awesome getting to talk, to hear your stories, and get to know you. Get to know you guys some, some more. Yeah, thank uh, you. Great job, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good job, everybody. You guys have any final thoughts you want to talk about, or no? Just thanks for having us on, I mean, man. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, I just well, want to say a big thanks to Paddle Fan for for holding yet another very good tournament. I mean, it's two years in a row that they travel a long way. They come down. They they, they do a lot of work to to get it out there. I mean, it's it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, it's a, it's an awesome event they put on. Um, they haven't made any announcements yet. We haven't for next year. Uh, I know that's going to be in the work soon, and I think we're supposed to have a meeting about it in the next week or so, uh, or in the next couple weeks. Uh, so hopefully, some announcements will start coming out soon for next for next year. I know the plan is to have it again next year. So dates solidified or anything like that. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome run event. Uh, they got some crazy prizes. You know, even for the guys that didn't finish in the money, there were some awesome prizes given out. Uh, that's good stuff. Uh, with, that, with that, I'm going to close the show out. Appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, good luck in all your future endeavors and all your future tournaments. What, what tournament you got next, Charles? Uh, I think I'm fishing Chickamauga on Saturday. Yeah, I got Chick on Saturday. With the, uh, is that with TVK? Is that, yep. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, solid, solid crew. It is. I've never, I've never uh, fished out there, but I know there's so many kayak tournaments out there. I need to start cutting my teeth out there. Yeah. Uh, so, well, especially in this region you'll run into a lot of a lot of hammers and a lot of good anglers oh man it's so competitive it's crazy but you <laughs> yeah. know i'm here for it and you know it's it you know i understand it costs money and but yeah to here for it and gonna do my yeah. best and learn and see what i can do you know yeah and you, even if you don't do well i mean it's still a good learning experience and, oh and absolutely all over the place so. absolutely most of those guys in those clubs do are pretty willing most of the time to kind of tell you what they were doing and kind of help right. you put put you on some fish so so you're not just out there feeling like it's you're getting your beat face beat in every time <laughs> yeah 100 they'll, they'll help you bring bring you along right oh for sure man well that's awesome man uh robert how about yourself what do you, you got anything coming up or are you gonna fish anymore this year it here oh well 
All right. I think that'll do it. <laughs> but anyways, that's going to be it for this week. I think next week, I'm not sure what we have on the docket for next week. I know there's a Seminoles coming up this weekend. So next week, we'll likely have the winners of the Kobe BOS from Seminole. That's awesome. Get to talk with them, see how that goes. When's your uh, when's y'all's next tournament? Uh, we have one, our Center Hill event coming up on May thirteenth. Third, it'd be a good one. I think from the last time we fished it, it was a lot of good limits put up. Uh, we didn't have a whole lot of people fishing it, but we had, I mean, ten spots. Tenth place had fifty inches. Oh wow! Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Fish. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, it was some good fishing, um, and I think it'll just get better in the next couple of weeks. Right before the Been summer fight really digs in. Were you trying to say something there, Robert? You gonna <laughs> chime in about Center Hill? You gonna come take our money? I think Center Hill been at the slugfest. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be uh it'll be one of those tournaments you gotta have 52, 55 to even have any kind of shot. Wow. Yeah. Are you gonna come fish it with us? I'm thinking about it. I have it on my calendar, so awesome. Yeah, you 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 most likely see me out there. Yeah, well we looking forward to it. We usually right. have her in at a twisted oak. Okay. Um where's that at? It's on the west side of the lake, but uh, it's a good, good place. Uh, cool, fun, good food. Good time. Oh, I love, I love good food, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think after that we got our Tennessee Hammer event on June third. That one's going to be yeah. a big tournament. Uh, I think we're looking at probably having somewhere around a hundred or so people in that event. Wow. Uh, so we'll, we're doing that with KBFTN. Yeah. Uh, Cumberland Kayak Trail, uh, Southern Middle, and TVK is all joining up for that. So that'll be a, that'll that'll be a big one. That should be a big one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, fun stuff coming up. Uh, we'll be back for another week next week with the Hobie BOS winners. Uh, with that. I'm going to close her down. We'll see you guys next week. All right. See you, man. See you. See you.